All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Studio. I'm very excited to share with you my special guest today, Darcy, <laughs> Darcy Rogers. Um, she is a longtime friend, an old friend <laughs> that has created this incredible platform for learning um, that I, I just think everyone should know about whether you are somebody who works in the classroom, a teacher, an educator, or just somebody who's like curious about learning a foreign language. It's such a cool way to learn. So I want to start off with that. Darcy, will you, will you tell us what your life's work is? Oh, that's so big. <laughs> that's a great question. First of all, thanks for having me. It's really fun to see you again um, and to be doing this with you. It's cool to see where life is taking you and what you're doing and to see how what we're both doing in text. So this is really neat to get to be here with you. So life's work, first and foremost, um, I was a teacher for a long time. And I always swore when I went to college, it's the one thing I wouldn't do. <laughs> really? And as life and fate would have it, I have no idea, but I went to a teaching college. That's why I was known for that. I said, well, that's cool, but I won't do that. And uh, as life would have it, that was exactly where it directed me. And it was the perfect fit. And so um, first and foremost, my life's work is students and kids and working with them. And I got to spend 14, 15 years in the classroom at a high school level. And I took Spanish. And that was where really all of this began and started. And then now over the last 10 years, um, this is our 10th year anniversary of Organic World Language, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Um, then now the, that life's work is still students at the forefront, um, but merging into doing that work now with teachers. And so it's about empowering students, empowering teachers, um, creating joy. That really is my life's work. I just want to create joy, whether it's a learning environment or just in life, um, helping students and teachers be their authentic selves and creating a space for family and community, whether it's in a classroom or outside the classroom. Um, but it starts there, right? Having the classroom be more than just a, a room and a wall, but it's a family that you create there. And it's it's a space where you go and you feel safe and you feel like you're home. So, Yeah. And what a unique experience to give to. This, this started in your high school classroom. Like I remember you talking about getting rid of the tables, right? First, <laughs> because like students were afraid to move beyond the border of their little desk and interact with each other. And then I think eventually, did you get rid of chairs too? Yeah. So one of the questions that you sent was how important is it to do things that make us uncomfortable? And I would say that that's pretty much the axis of what we do <laughs> is yeah. stepping outside your comfort zone, but providing a very safe, comfortable place for you to do that and to take that step and do that work, whether you're the student or you're the teacher. Um, and so, yeah, it really started in the classroom and it really started with me taking a group of students to Mexico. And when I was there, I was so excited for them to speak Spanish and engage and interact. And they were terrified. I mean, terrified. They wouldn't talk. They stayed with their groups. And when I came back, I, I just began to reflect on that. And I was like, I don't want that to be my classroom. I want my kids to go anywhere, the corner store, someone they see on the street, a different country and be fearless. And interact whether they know two words of Spanish or you know five thousand, mm -hmm. and so that was really the impetus to it. And then I just set out. My had an amazing principal, um, Bob King, who just let me play and explore, and I got to go and just use the space. And so we started getting rid of tables first because those were really blocking the experience. You know, if you have your physical classroom, once you take away that physical barrier, then you're left with the emotional barrier, mm -hmm. and then that's what you get to get in and 
into play with, with these students is, okay, let your guard down. Let's trust each other. Let's respect each other. And so once you take those blocks away, then you can begin to create space together. And so once we got rid of the tables and, you know, desks and all, then it was, we created this circle. And so you have this circle of equity and that the teacher is with the students, you're learning with them. Um, whether you're in chairs or not, doesn't matter, but we're all in that space together and we're all on equal footing. So it really empowered the students to take ownership of their own learning and move forward in that way. That's so cool. (laughs) And you are primarily using this to teach foreign language, right? This method was for teaching foreign language, but I believe it's expanded beyond that now. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really focused on mostly world language and it was neat because obviously I taught Spanish and we started there, but then it's grown out to all these different languages, not any language, right? As long as you can access the workshop, you know, whatever language you teach, we have a Chinese consultant, French consultant. Um, I've done workshops in Taiwan and China and <laughs> all of Japan. So yeah, it's grown to all languages. And then what we began to see over the past few years is that just what you're saying, that engagement and ownership and belonging extend beyond just languages. And so it goes for any subject um, and any, any topic really. <laughs> so yeah, that's so cool. And don't you have like a specific success rate of adapting that language and actually being able to learn it like in a, in a short period of time. I feel like I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So we have a a scale, we use what's called this actful scale for proficiency. And so Mm -hmm. students are able to gauge their learning against that scale. And so depending how much time you're exposed to the language and you're in it, then you can see your progress happening at a pretty um, significant and pretty um, consistent rate, which is really powerful for the learner also, because they're taking control. They're not someone externally isn't telling them, Hey, here's what's grade you have. They're looking at that standard that they're saying, oh, I can do this with the language, but I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so they themselves begin to set obstacles like, okay, I know five words now, but I want to speak in sentences or I want to narrate a story. And so they begin to set their own goals and work towards them. So, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I love mm-hmm. this work that you're doing. Um, well, I'm curious, you know, you've reached like a, a certain level of success in, in your career. I'm, I'm wondering like what, what's going on currently? What are you, what ideas are you currently obsessed with or passionate about? What's, yeah. what's current right now? Yeah. So that's really fun. And I have to say that this whole entire thing has only been possible because of the people around me, mm-hmm. right? Like the only reason this even left my classroom was because a colleague of mine, Tess Seamer, she, she came to me and said, Hey, the test scores in your classroom and not test scores, but proficiency scores, what students are actually doing. She's like, they're above our levels. What's going on? And so this entire thing got started because another teacher was humble enough and brave enough and curious enough to come and talk about it. And then a group of teachers, we spent the next two years meeting weekly to figure out what's going on in the classroom and come up with ideas and develop it. And our first two questions were, does this work for all students? And does this work for all teachers? And so we began to explore those questions and open up those doors. And that has been really the premise for what we've done over the past 10 years, this entire time is okay, what are our main questions? What are we searching for? Everybody, let's go. <laughs> you know? yeah. and so let's see, you know, what is, what's working in your classroom? What isn't? Let's talk about it. We talk about failing forward and how important it is to try something and take risks. And so one of our, we have six values. One of our values is risk-taking mm-hmm. and being fearless in a new environment. And so um, that's kind of been the journey. And so our newest questions now is, what does this look like for all subjects? How do we approach this if you're teaching math or science or history, whatever your subject is? And then also, I'm really curious to explore what this looks like for companies and businesses, mm, right? How yeah. do you reach your highest level of satisfaction and fulfillment 
in whatever environment you're in. So if you're working for a corporation, how can you create that sense of community that will make you more efficient in the long run in that environment? Um, And so really, I think our big overriding piece is about engagement. And what is that true satisfaction and fulfillment and engagement come in in your life? Mm-hmm. And, and it's been amazing because a piece that we did not expect of this is that we've had teachers come to us and say, this has made a difference in my life, not just in my classroom, but in my life. Like my communication with my peers is better. My communication with friends, my relationship is better. So it's been really neat to see the, the ripple effects of this that we didn't even expect starting. So yeah, that's so powerful too. And I think I've seen some of the, you have like some little sizzle reels or video clips of what that classroom actually looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to be in that classroom. It looks so fun. <laughs> right. It's like you're holding hands, you're squatting down, you're dancing around, you're playing. It looks like musical chairs or something. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that to be their learning environment or working environment? And uh, it makes so much sense to me that mm-hmm. that actually works. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's a win-win because I think when I first started this work, I, I looked into start researching neuroscience and 21st mm-hmm. century skills and all these different pieces that I wanted to understand more. And I 100% expected that neuroscience would be about memorizing and, and what they consider rigor, right? But really the number one factor in retention, you're going to love this, is movement. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's amazing. So it gives you permission to create the space in your class where you get to play and you get to have fun and the kids learn more and learn quicker because they're tell me the downside, (laughs) right? Yeah, no. (laughs) And as a teacher, you get to have more fun, you know, go in and be with your kids. And we talk about creating this immersive space. Um, And you go in that classroom, you're in that target language. And this is what we do in here, right? You're in Spanish or French or German and our new areas we're exploring now are what does that look like in a math class? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the cat tail. I love oh it. My gosh. <laughs> yes, this is a Beha. She hey. usually shows up. Oh, there she is. Yeah. yeah. And so how does that, <laughs> how do you create immersive? Like you're a mathematician or you are a scientist, right? And creating those spaces of identity and belief about yourself in that classroom. Yeah. So, oh gosh, and especially. Oh, it's awesome. And then think about math, right? We're all terrified of math. So it's any space you walk into where you're not comfortable in that space. Mm-hmm. So let's create a space where you can be fearless in that environment and not yeah. afraid to tackle it. Yeah. Oh gosh. I wish that would have been a thing in, you know, <laughs> for me in, in uh, middle school and high school, I just like, those were my most traumatic experiences. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we can flip that, that narrative, yeah. right? Almost everyone says like, well, I hated math. Or I wasn't good at math. Well, let's flip that. Like, what, what can you do? And it's, it's a lot about that positive talk and that positive self-talk because mm-hmm. um, we all have those stories in our head and those narrations that we tell ourselves. And so um, we post in our social media a lot. Um, I mean, every day we have something that we post and we have questions that we ask the community and they have to think about, you know, and the one for today, Jacqueline hathaway Rubey is one of my colleagues and um, she posted for a day and it just said, what's a negative story that you tell yourself that you can flip, that you can yeah. turn to the positive. Yeah. And so so yeah. powerful. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, I'm curious, you know, what's, what's the past couple of years been like for you going through COVID? Because I imagine there, there might've been some pivoting with how you work with people in the classroom. You know, we're all kind of on zoom these days. You and I are on zoom right now. I know. Hey, I know that <laughs> I would say that it's been crazy. Cause of course our, our biggest component with what we do is that breaking down those barriers. And so the touch yeah. piece, Right. And whatever level you're comfortable or not comfortable with with that. Right. Like we're not asking people to 
hug each other all day long. Right? <laughs> but when you do touch someone, you break down a, a barrier, right? So it's building that connection. Mm-hmm. And so when this first happened, I got to say the first couple of months, you know, we're an educational consulting company and we do workshops in person. And internationally, the entire education system shut down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely um, scary at first, right? And then my incredible team just stepped up and pivoted. And we just started doing everything online and creating new resources and creating new workshops. And I, what blew my mind is that I was so into the like the physical aspect of it mm-hmm. that what was amazing was how we were able to create connection and space over zoom yeah, and how possible it is because in the day it's about that heart to heart connection yeah. and you can achieve that no matter what. Yeah. So that was really That's incredible really to cool. discover. That's good to know. And are you trying <laughs> to, you know, I mean, now we're at a point where things might be starting to open up again. Are you, are you moving down that path too? Or are you still? Yeah. Funny timing actually. Yeah. Just <laughs> yesterday we, um, started to lock in some of our summer offerings. So our very first one is going to be in Oregon, actually. Oh, so cool. I know. So at the end of June, we're going to do, um, we call it a boot camp. Uh-huh. It's a week long training and we just get to dive in and get messy with our teachers. And we bring in the social emotional learning component. And um, we actually refer to a lot of the Brene Brown work and, and other work out there. Um, and just, they get time, hands on time to practice and try the strategies. And it's an amazing time because we got afterwards wineries, breweries, <laughs> you know, yeah. all that fun stuff. And uh, so we're starting awesome. to, yeah, merge back into that. And I think the, the big learning moment through all this is that we get to take and learn during COVID, um, and what we were doing before and merge it together. Right. And it's so, only going to make us stronger, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah. So. And I imagine you can reach more people this way. Maybe it's like a hybrid um, offering going forward for people that can't make it in person. Yeah. And I think what COVID kind of forced us to do in a way is that there's are things that we wanted to do, but because we we're so focused on in person, we never got to it. Mm-hmm. And so now we yeah. were forced to through COVID only focus on the virtual and the digital. And so it really helped us develop a robust virtual support program. And we're able to support teachers in a new way where you know, we do workshops and then leave. And that would never was our model. We've always wanted to provide workshops and keep the follow-up going. Yeah. And I think the virtual digital aspect really allowed us to create that more and design that. And so now we can do a workshop and then virtually support teachers along the way afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so I think we'll meet our goals better now and support teachers in the way that we want to. That's so cool. <laughs> when you mentioned, <clears throat> you mentioned, um, Emotional and social work, which I think is so important and bringing in some of Brene Brown's philosophy. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, in terms of like removing the barriers and then you're left with this very raw, vulnerable, emotional being that we all are. Do you think people in that state, like, is it all fear? Is it that we have a hard time being honest with ourselves? What do you think it is that then we bump up against and what do you see in the classroom? Mm-hmm. And I would say with both students and teachers alike, mm-hmm. I think you hit it on the head. The biggest thing is being honest with ourselves. And then secondly, the fear. And I'd say the number one factor that we run into is fear. And so, you know, we're, we're not trained counselors. That's not what we do. And so if we're going to have an element like that, say in the classroom or in a workshop, then we want to make sure that people know that if it triggers something that they have somewhere to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, and so making sure that we have those support systems around also, um, because you never know what people are bringing into the space. And so, yeah, yeah, making sure that, um, but that it is a safe space that people know they can be supported there. But I say fear is the number one factor. 
mm-hmm. and then giving them hope, right? Letting them know that if you try this, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Like you're going to see better results. You're going to see, you're going to get to be the person you want to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so like we've had teachers come to us and they say, um, you know, you're, this is what I always want to do, but didn't know how. So thank mm-hmm. you for letting me be the person I want to be. Yeah. So, so. powerful. Mm-hmm. Have you had to work through some of that yourself? Or I feel like as I've known you mm-hmm. for over a decade, Darcy, you've always been such an outgoing um, person. I don't experience you. And I mean, everybody has their own fears and mm-hmm. emotions and stuff. And we all experience them different ways, but I'm wondering if you've had to work through some of these things yourself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Being genius <laughs> and, and authentic, not to not to say that, you know. <laughs> um, there's definitely been a lot of personal work and self-care work. Um, I actually took a course through Wings. It's out of Medford in Portland. Um, and they have a like a um well-being course and then a crossover course. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing just to go in and it's several days of intense work and you get to reflect on just your life and where you want to go and who you want to be. And you know, it gives you tools to communicate with other people and to work through any things that might come up for you. Um, so there's definitely been work that I've done myself and there's still fears that I have the digital space and the virtual space is still, um, a new space to me. And so mm-hmm. getting comfortable with, with recording things or, you know, those kinds of spaces is still kind of new, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so oh, it's totally. yeah it's um, totally a different platform. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, is anybody out there listening? Am I talking <laughs> yeah. to a vacuum? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And our, our workshops are, yeah. And our workshops are still very interactive, which is fun. Um, we still, you know, engage everyone, have a bunch of videos on and we play games together and we still create that play in that space, which is fun. Um, I'd say another area um, of growth is uh, we want to write a book. And so that's the next step is getting that going. So, yeah. you know, moving into the other areas and new, new realms. So exploring what this could look like for, you know, businesses or companies and other subjects. So there's always new areas to grow into and in new ways that, you know, I myself can learn to be more empowered and step into my power. And uh, it's, it's sometimes hard to do because you, it's safer to stay back here. And so it's a big step to step in and take up that space and and have a voice. So, yeah. Well, so is wings an acronym? Do you, do you know what that stands for? Uh, No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it, if it is, I don't know what it stands for, Mm. but yeah, they're great. Um, cool. And so they, I imagine do like self-discovery work and mm-hmm. like, maybe it's similar to the kind of work that you do in your classroom in that, like removing barriers, being emotional, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Do and it's, still, it was funny. To, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering if you still do workshop. Is it like an ongoing thing or do you feel like it's something that you do once and then you're, you're kind of like, okay, I have the tools. I can go put this into practice now. I think just like anything with the work that we do too, we're seeing that teachers come back to it, right? Cause it's nice to get that one-stop shop. Um, but maybe two years, three years later, you're like, what was that thing I learned again? Or you kind of feel yourself slipping or you just can tell that you're like not as strong as before. Maybe you're just feeling lonely or something like that. So you can always go back and check in again. And so like, for example, with the wings courses, they're always offering new courses or just little check-ins. Like I just did something with them recently that they did like a little series, um, so you can kind of hop in and check and, mm-hmm. um, we do similar things with, with our work as well. So we'll offer like online PD series. You can check in one, an hour every other week, mm-hmm. right. And they get to connect to their teachers and that way you get that ongoing support instead of just a one day workshop. Um, yeah. So, 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 yeah, so I think, I think this work overall is ongoing, right. Because we're asking teachers to 
open up and be their authentic selves and step into spaces that may be uncomfortable. And so I think that work is meaningful and important and it's hard. You want the support. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, well, I guess kind of going back to the beginning, because I know you, you studied Spanish and I think you studied in Mexico for a period of time. And it Mm -hmm. seems like there's a real passion for the culture, the language. We used to go dancing together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I fondly remember those days. That was so fun. And, um, I mean, it's still there in you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And um, like taking your whole class to, to Mexico, what, what a cool experience. Do you feel like um, as you developed Ola, well, is it, so tell me now I'm like layering on a million questions. This is so good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I see this is going. <laughs> because there's Ola, was it originally Ola organic yeah. language? I can't remember what the A stands for. Oh, this is so good. So when that's so fun. <laughs> so I love, I love how things evolve and like origin stories. Yes, um, me too. <laughs> it's so good. Cause that's like the heart of it. Right. And I feel like yes. as we grow and evolve in this organization, we keep going back to our basics and like mm-hmm. that teacher. Right. And that idea of curiosity and collaboration and exploration. And so this organization was originally called organic language acquisition, which was the Ola. Yay. I know it's not like yeah. that word rolls off your tongue. Right. <laughs> something with an A. I I know. (laughs) I'm impressed. Nice job. Um, And then we've actually changed it to organic world language. And part of the reason why was because hola sounds like hola in Spanish. Yeah. And um, many teachers thought that we only worked with Spanish teachers. Gotcha. And so, yeah. And actually I have a neat story for you. I was thinking about this last night. Is that it's funny you asked that question because when hola first started, it had hola in Spanish means a wave. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember it's one of the questions you also had is like self-care and things you do to like reconnect and re-inspire. And um, I often go to the coast or now I live by the beach. <laughs> so I go to the beach and um, just be with the ocean. Right. And I remember there's this moment that I took a solo trip to the beach, to the coast as living in Oregon at the time. And I was sitting there and I was watching the waves beating down on this rock. And I was thinking, Oh my God, we're going to get so beat up. Like our ideas are so radical and it's so different. And there's this big education system that we, want to redo, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, we're just going to get beat down. And then I remember thinking, but wait, Ola, we're the wave. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking like, we're going to beat down the rock. <laughs> oh my God. So, I love that Darcy. Not amazing. Yeah. You knew, you knew yeah. that that was, yeah. And what if talk about being fearless to take on like the traditional <laughs> educational system, sitting in classroom chairs and you know, everybody looking, facing forward at the chalkboard and the teacher mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the law and just totally flipping that. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so, I love it. Yeah. And it creates such a hierarchy, right? So when you have the teacher in front totally. and they're like, they call it the sage on the stage, right. Mm-hmm. And they're just delivering information where are students are learning or acquiring. And especially well, with any topic really, but especially with language, the student has to be the one to do it. If they're not using it and listening and speaking and and writing, then they won't acquire it. Mm-hmm. And so creating a space where we're all in it together. And, and I, that equity piece also um, has really led us in the past couple of years um, to really focus more on one of our values, which is the social justice. Mm-hmm. And especially with the climate recently with Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate and Protect Trans Lives. Those are the things that we're really wanting to move into more and focus on that, um, as well as trauma-informed care. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because there really are some powerful points there of student ownership and um, student identity, right? And where they, like I said, mentioned before, where they feel safe. Yeah. So we're starting to have other really powerful um, just meetings layered in with it as well. Yeah. So. How are you implementing that into the classroom? What does that look like? Can you give me an example? Yeah. <laughs> so a big piece of what we do is um, we do like these prompts and questions where we're asking students questions. And so say there's a curriculum, like, um, you know, your daily routine or whatever. Well, we really try to flip that and turn around. Like, what does a day look like for you? Mm-hmm. What do you, who do you spend time with? Who's important in your life to you? You know, what is your school life, work life? Like um, who does the chores in your house? Like what is the family to you? You know, there's a lot of kids where they don't have the traditional, the traditional format. And so use it, you know, a step situation or whatever it might be. And so really validating the students and their lives and their experiences and align the space to talk about that looks like for them and, and um, not upholding the norm, but upholding the reality for our students. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering too about, you know, so you are the CEO, the founder, continuing to develop this amazing, incredible platform. What does your, what does a day in life of Darcy look like in terms <laughs> of like routine and wellness and, and, you know, what kind of things are important to you in, in this work that you do in your daily life? Dang. I was like, maybe she won't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, that's a balance I think I'm still working on. And with COVID, it's definitely been an interesting new reality before yeah. pre-COVID, I was traveling constantly. Mm-hmm. I'd say I was in a different time zone every other week. <laughs> and so um, I really had the, everything flipped on me with COVID. Um, I, yeah. at the same time, I moved from Oregon to California um, from a long distance relationship to a, a quarantine situation with a new stepson, which is amazing and awesome and, uh, and a new partner. So it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> And looking at what that new routine looks like. And um, I think when I feel the most free or just at home is when I'm taking time for all the pieces, Mm -hmm. right? Like getting the exercise in and taking time to read and getting family time and um, investing in the work that I love so much, you know, that I'm still so passionate about meeting with the people that I'm fortunate enough to work with and um, meeting with the teachers and doing workshops and all those things. So I think it's that, that balance that we always are trying to achieve of finding all those pieces and making them all fit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially when it's something that's new, like a new family, a new son, Mm -hmm. um, a new living situation that takes a long time to settle and percolate and figure out what feels good and what, um, you know, what resonates. And I think you lived in Oregon for, you know, for a long time. So this is, I didn't even know you moved to California. Yeah, I moved to California. Come visit. Come visit. Yeah. It's just been recent. We're here in um, Orange County and uh, it's awesome because we're like 15 minutes from the beach. So that's been a real, I know, but the ironic thing is I just had some friends visit and I was like, I have not been coming down here. You know, you like when you live this close and a lot of time for a minute, things were closed and Mm -hmm. but now things are opening back up again. It's neat to be able to discover what I have around me and to take advantage of it. So yeah. 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 I think one thing too, is to take advantage of what we have around us. Cause we often just get stagnant and don't realize and wherever you live, whatever you do, there's beauty around you. And for me, nature is my, yeah, my oh, stimulus. So 
I hear you. You know, what's funny about that is, um, so I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, and I swore, like you swore you'd never be a teacher. <laughs> I swore I'd never come back to this. Town. <laughs> and there you are. <laughs> and here I am, my own house. And this is, this is, this is where I put down roots. And yeah, I love your house. Thank you. Oh I, yeah. You've stayed here before yeah. when you were doing one of your conferences in Portland. Um, but it's funny because, so we have this huge city park forest, forest park, right? Have you been there? I don't think so. Oh, it's over like, know. it's over like 40 miles of trail in Whoa. the city. Like it takes me 15 minutes to get there. Oh and yes. I didn't even know that existed when I was a teenager. It wasn't right? until I moved back here six years ago that I knew forest park even existed. <laughs> So yes, I totally second that, like getting around, getting outside of your comfort zone, even within the bubble of your, of your own neighborhood of the place, yeah. think, you know, so well that you, you almost take it for granted. Yeah. You know, that's such good advice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do. Cause like I said, you just kind of get a cup on day to day. And so even taking like, you know, we'll grab a, grab a picnic basket and go down and watch the sunset you know, or my friends came and went running in the morning at the beach. And I was like, I literally haven't done that since I moved here. (laughs) That's not occurred to me before. (laughs) Yeah. You know, taking those moments to, to snag that when you can. So, yeah. And just allowing yourself the patience to, to settle because it hasn't been long since you've been down there. Has it? Mm -mm. No, I mean, it's been a year now. So I I literally moved on March 1st and two weeks later, the world shut down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right before. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of people have gone through a lot this past year, you know, so we're kind of all in the same, same place of identity searching and seeing what's next for people. And so, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm curious if there are, um, I'm, I'm curious if there are any like words of wisdom or any mottos that you are constantly reminding yourself of that you live by. Yeah, that's a good question. I saw that question there and I was like, I don't even know what I'd say. I don't have like a certain, um, cause I don't, I don't have a certain motto that I necessarily live by. I would say for me, it's my main thing. It's actually a tattoo on me is the word joy. And mm-hmm. the tattoo I have is joy in Norwegian. <laughs> oh, how do that's you say my, that in Norwegian? Don't quote me on this. I apologize if I say it wrong to and out there. It's L-Y-K-K-E. And uh-huh. I think it's Lika. Lika. Okay. Um, I believe it's the closest word they said to joy in Norwegian. So it can also mean luck, but um, I had an exchange, a foreign exchange student one time and um, she said, oh my gosh, that means like, you got it. It was close enough. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, yay. Good job. <laughs> yeah. So I would say um, joy, like finding joy and um, enjoying life to the max and um, find those meaningful connections and relationships. And, yeah. um, so I really feel like you're somebody who, who you actually walk that talk that you, that you live by those words. And th- so that makes so much sense. Can I ask why Norwegian? Yeah. I don't remember this story. Yeah. So my, um, heritage is Norwegian. And okay. so, um, I've actually been able to go back twice now to Norway, um, and see my family farm. <laughs> Just, so my, my name is Gritness. Oh that's uh, my last name. And, um, so yeah, it was pretty neat. I remember actually went when I was nine, my grandpa was amazing and took me there. So him and my grandma took me and when she passed away, then my cousins and I all got that tattoo together. Oh. And so that was the meeting. Yeah. Oh. And I remember that when I went, when I was nine, I planted a tree there. And then I went back when I was 20 something and the tree, of course, as it's going to do is had grown mm-hmm. and it 
was just incredible to see, to see that. And actually that makes me think of, you asked earlier my life's work, right? And I think especially with teaching or working with people, you don't always see the fruit of it right away. Yeah. Right. And that's sometimes yeah. it takes years. I actually just got, I was actually almost crying before you started because I just got a message from an ex-student of mine and we had posted something on um, day of visibility for transgender. Mm-hmm. And he wrote and said, um, just to let you know, I was a student of yours like 10 years ago. And just to let you know, like, I appreciate that. And I, I see what you're doing. And thank you. Oh, that's <laughs> making me emotional. <laughs> I was oh. like, okay, keep it in, keep it in. Yeah. So it was, that was really special to see that, you know, it, the things we do matter and that people do see yeah. so, and who we support and how we support is really important. Yeah. I love that from the perspective of, you know, so often it feels like from me, from the perspective of, of showing up to teach yoga, I'm like, is this even resonating? Is this landing with people? Does it feel good? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'm like, okay, well now I'm making it about me and it's not about me, mm-hmm. but it's helpful to get that feedback once in a while to know you made a difference in my life. And every once in a while, when somebody reaches out and says, I hear that, that resonates with me. Thank you for showing mm-hmm. up and being you. What a gift. What mm-hmm. a gift. Absolutely. And that makes me think today, leaving here, like who's someone you ever know, was listening or for us ourselves, like who's someone we haven't reached out to in a while, like yeah. who's somebody that we can say something to and just say, thank you. Because we never realize, like you said, what a difference it makes and mm-hmm. we know it, but they don't know it. And you never know what someone else is going through. And if you might just be that one difference that you make in someone's life that day. Yeah. So, so reach out to your teachers, your mentors, <laughs> people who have impacted you and, <laughs> and say, thank you. That's such yes. a good idea. I love yeah. it. I often think of my college teachers. I hold them close in my heart and mm-hmm. now I feel inspired to send a little note. I love it. <laughs> well, Darcy, thank you so much. I uh, want to be mindful of your time. And I'm also wondering if there's anything else, any last words of wisdom you want to share, anything that you want people to know about? No, I think just, I mean, our organization is called Organic World Language. Um, and I think she's going to have all the connections that you can find us on all the different social media and our, our website. And, you know, through that venue, we just, we love to connect. We want to see what teachers are doing and what's happening. Um, we really are constantly growing our community and, you know, talking with people about what they're learning about, what's working for them and how we can make our classrooms better and connect to people more. So I think my one big thing is just how are we growing our communities around us and what kinds of connections are we creating and fostering around us that are helping us be more authentic and helping each other be more authentic. So mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate yeah. your work. Thank you Me so too. much. For thank you for this platform to be able to talk. It's awesome. Oh yeah. And all that you're doing. Excited. Oh yeah. And you're, you're thinking about doing a podcast soon too, right? We have talked about it. We have, we've uh, toyed with the idea. So keep an eye out cool. in the next couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'll include all of your um, social media handles, your website, any pertinent information in the show notes so that if people want to follow along yeah. with Darcy and Organic World Language, they absolutely can. Awesome. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. Welcome. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, or even requests for future podcast topics, please feel free to reach out to me on social media handles, Facebook at Tessa Marie Tovar, Instagram, Yogi underscore Katniss, um, email address tessa.tovar, that's T-O-V as in Victor, A-R, at iCloud.com. 
I love to hear from my students and I'm always happy to talk about this kind of thing for you. If you don't listen, I don't do this. And my goal is to spread the word about what yoga means on and off the mat, in particular, spreading the word outside of the studio. Thanks for tuning in and have a lovely day. Bye.